0: This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, it's hustling awesome the house. Yeah, it's hustling awesome the house. What is going on? I'm Rob Faye Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 16th day of November, and I hope this finds you well. And I hope this finds you wringing out your clothes from what was an unbelievable, what, 48 hours, 72 hours? The amount of rain that fell in the Fraser Valley... Second and none. I heard that it was the most since 1990, and in some places you can even date further than back. It was absolutely torrential rains, and I simply hope that everybody is finding their way out of the sogginess today. All right, we got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the NFL, Major League Baseball, all the usual suspects, but there is one story right now that I think you know I'm going to start with. It has to do with the Vancouver Canucks, but it's not going to be plus minus. It's not going to be defense or who's in net tonight. I want to get you to the crux of the problem with Vancouver's hockey franchise now. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest. Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. So as you know, I think it's pretty well documented. I used to work at a radio station in Vancouver, TSN 1040, the no longer TSN 1040. And as the late night guy, it was tough getting some traction. It was tough following so many giants in this industry, the Sakaris and Price's of the world, the Donnie and Mojes of the world, the Halford and Bruffs of the world. But at night, it is a different vibe. And I learned that over time because by the time you're done that day and everybody's got you set up for the game, I was usually the first guy on the other side of that game who could weather the storm and get the true opinion of the fans. I really believe that the most coveted spot in radio is the late night guy. It seems like everybody assumes that it is the worst of the positions because, what, you're not home at supper time to watch TV with your family? I mean, I get it. Late night is its own beast, but it was where the true fan came out and the true fan had their opinion. And once I tapped into that, once I truly started to listen, it became evident to me that we had struck gold. So as you listen to the fans and really listen, not just do it because of the sponsors, not just do it because it's your job, but truly listen to them as an equal. You'll learn some things. The first thing that I learned about a Vancouver Canuck fan, don't play them for a fool. They've been here for 50 years in some cases, maybe even more. And if you sit there and give them the corporate speak, they will eventually turn their back on you. They won't turn their back on the franchise because they love the players, but they'll turn their back on you, Francesco. They'll turn their back on ownership. They'll turn their back on a general manager. They'll turn their back on a coach, but they will never turn their back on a player. I mean, you think of all the players that have come through Vancouver over all these 50-some-odd years, and it is very rarely that a Canuck fan doesn't support them. I mean, you even look at Todd Bertuzzi's Darkest Hour and how that all unfolded. And yes, were we embarrassed and upset at Todd? Sure. Fast forward a couple of years, and when Todd Bertuzzi was brought out for the 50th anniversary, one of the longest, loudest ovations of any former player to step on the ice at Rogers Arena. Bottom line is we love our players, and we're going to love Elias Patterson, and we're going to love Brendan Morrison, and we're going to love Orland Kurtenbach, and we're going to love everybody in between because we are hockey fans, and that is something that this fan base screams loud and clear on a regular basis. You know why they're upset, Francesco? Because they don't believe you. They don't believe that you are are in it for them sure we saw what you did with your million meals and that was very admirable what you and the Canucks organization did behind the scenes to make sure that meals got out the front door during COVID is something that we can all tip our cap at and that is something that we're proud to associate with the brand we want to be fans make no mistake about it we want to support your organization but the problem is for every one step forward three steps back Remember in 2008 when you won your court case against your buddies, Gilardi and Beattie, how you broke off from the pack and got the deal done? And yeah, sure, you won in court, but I think we know how that went down. Then you fast forward a couple of years when you finally got your feet wet in this organization and you realized that Mike Gillis and company weren't the right guys at the right time for this organization. So what'd you do? You went out and you got yourself a new head coach, a new general manager, and a new president who, of course, was going to save you face when that president was Trevor Linden. That saved all, at least temporarily. But then all of a sudden, the fall came, and the leaves started to fall from the trees. Whether it was the debacle with Judd Brackett, the exit of Trevor Linden, and so many others who over time, some more publicly than others, have left the fold and nobody tells good stories you know this is something that you could say about a reputable organization when people leave and they don't often leave but when they do they speak well of their former employer now i don't know what agreements are in place and who can talk and who can't talk but i can't remember the last time that somebody has left this organization turned back and said you know what that was a great experience That is telling Now you've got a general manager in his eighth season with this organization that has stubbed his toe more often than he stepped forward, and you've got a coach who's been tuned out, and he doesn't have the ear of the room, and you don't have the ear of your city. That's your problem right now. East Canuck fans don't suffer fools either. And I know that you sit back thinking, well, you know, we win a couple of games and everything will temper down. It's been too long. We see the map. And we see that the arrow is pointing to that big blank space of nobody knows what the f is going on. So what are you going to do? Like, what are you actually going to do? Are you going to try to save face, sell your head coach down the river? Are you going to try to get through with Jim Benning until his contract is done? And then finally, once the money's all been paid out, then you'll start to find the reparations for this franchise. The problem is you. It's not your coach. It's not your general manager. It's you. Because you, and this we have heard, are far too hands-on with this organization. I'm not saying that Jim Bennett has been hampered by your impediment, but I think we all know that certain organizations have certain owners that want to play more than one side of the coin. You want to fix this? Step away. Step back. Let somebody else come in and fix your mess. Because we all can see it. You can't do it yourself. And you've had enough time that you can look in the mirror and say, you know what, it's time for transition. And we know what you did when Trevor Linden first came back into the fold. That was half to give yourself an organizational president. That was half PR. And sure enough, when shit hits the fan again, well, let's go get Daniel and Henrik. And that's not to take anything away from Daniel and Henrik, who I would assume are just as good in the business sector as they were in the offensive zone. But make no mistake about it. We all know what that is. That is yet another Band-Aid on a dam that is spouting water in about 15 different places. The solution is step away. You don't have to sell the team it's your property, do whatever you want with it. We can't ask you to do that, but we can ask you as a fan base to step back, get your hands out of the cookie jar and let somebody with some experience, come in and fix your mess and make no mistake. This is your mess. It's not anybody else's mess more than yours. Jim Benning will eventually take the fall because right now he's just a punching bag in this city. Travis Green, if he's not getting the most out of his players, will probably at some point be a fall guy as well. We know change is coming, but the one person that has to truly look in the mirror and realize that his time is done and he is no longer playing us for fools is you. I promise you this, Francesco, you make that change and your franchise will turn the corner. But until you make that change, it's going to be the same song and dance with the same pitchforks and torches outside your arena waiting for something to happen. All right, there is more than just the Vancouver Canucks getting ready for their upcoming game. We'll get you to the news of the NHL, news of Major League Baseball, football, basketball, and so much more. Let me get you to that one part of the sports bar where we keep all that information. Let me get you to the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks, because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP All room. The VIP room. All right, let's get to the NHL, where Shabba Ranks used to say, train load, Is in train load of games tonight that's okay i'll work on that yes 11 games of the nhl let us get you to those a little bit of canadiana to them Calgary getting ready to take on Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center, where Calgary may have found their footing thanks to a 4-0 victory over Ottawa, which snapped a three-game losing skid for Calgary, who started the season red hot. As far as Philadelphia goes, it is in the left pocket, out of the right, out of the right, back into the left. In their last eight games, 4-4, no win, no loss consecutive to each other, and now getting ready to take on Calgary, a team that they lost 4-0 to back on October the 30th and Calgary's been the one team that Philadelphia has had a lot of trouble with. The Flames are perfect 3 and 0 in their last 3 meetings. And add to that, the Flyers have not been able to score on the power play in those three games. One thing the Flames do very well, put shots on net, ranking second in the NHL in that category, whereas Philadelphia just cannot seem to find the back of the net. Part of the reason they come into this game, which is surprising, they rank 28th in the NHL in goals and still have a record of 7-4-2. Over-under on this game is 5.5, and, and right now the money is on over 72% of the money down at Vegas saying so, but this is a pick when it comes to the money line. Philadelphia, a modest minus 104. 5 again Calgary should win this game based on history uh, i got to assume this is going to go over as well Montreal Canadiens and their 4-11-2 record at Madison Square Garden tonight to take on the red hot New York Rangers Rangers 9-3 and 3 and riding into this game with a 3 game winning streak wins over Florida, Columbus and New Jersey lead them to take on the Canadiens tonight whereas Montreal have lost 5 of their past 6 including a 5-2 defeat to Boston in their most recent game Uh, If you are a betting person, I will say this. The total has gone over in all five of New York's last five games. And if you really want to dig deep, the total has gone over in 11 of Montreal's last 15 games played in the month of November. So with the over-under being five and a half, you got to assume that the Rangers will probably win this game and the total will likely go over. Nashville Predators making their way to Scotiabank Arena tonight to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs at 10-5-1. and 1. And it's a battle of two teams that are both coming in on three-game winning streaks. Toronto, for what it's worth, have won eight of their last nine. Their only loss in their past nine games, a 5-1 debacle to the Kings of Los Angeles. But outside of that, they have been outstanding. Nashville's wins coming over Dallas, St. Louis, and Arizona take that one for what it's worth. But two teams that have special teams firing on all cylinders right now. Toronto's offense ranking seventh in the power play, Nashville's ranking fifth. I'm not sure if this is going to go over under the five and a half, but I will say that Toronto will win this game because they are as hot as a pistol right now. And I know what you're saying, that's all good and dandy in the regular season, but they are rolling. You can't deny them that. Well, let's knock off two Canadian teams at the same time. Edmonton at the Canada Life Centre later on tonight to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Two teams that have both gotten off to great starts. Oilers at 11-3, and the Jets at 8-3-3. and But as good as the Oilers have been, their last three head-to-head meetings with the Jets have all gone Winnipeg's way. And one of the things that you have to tip your cap to is the Jets' power play. In those three meetings, firing at a 30% clip, but both of these teams absolutely empty the chambers when they face each other. Edmonton averaging 42 shots per game, where it is 39 for the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm going to say Edmonton will win this game, and the total will go over. Winnipeg's won two games in a row with victories over the Sharks in Los Angeles. Edmonton trying to make it two in a row, coming off a 5-4 victory over St. Louis. All right, let's get you to the association of the three games tonight. I think the sexy one has to be the Warriors getting ready to take on Brooklyn in New York State, with all due respects to the likes of Philadelphia and Utah. And the reason that I say this is the resurgence of Golden State against a team that we all assumed would be a little bit better than they are and are finally starting to round into form. Listen, the Warriors are the NBA's top team in the NBA. Their team's offense is number one in the NBA, scoring more than 115 points a game, Even when Steph Curry has a tough night, he's still putting up 20-some-odd points. The bad news for the Warriors tonight, though. Draymond Green with a hamstring out for tonight's game. Gary Payton, the second, is probable with a knee. Nets have been hot, as I mentioned. They've won three in a row. They're averaging more than 120 points over that span. Coming off a 120-96 victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder... 33 from Kevin Durant, Patty Mills had 29, and a double-double from James Harden, 16 and 13, respectively. Always good when you have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry on the court at the same time. Nets are a four-point favorite to win this one, but I'm going to go against the grain. I think the Warriors are going to win this one tonight, even without Draymond in the lineup. All right, very quickly want to stop on the diamond, just because there was a story that came out earlier today by Shana Mcarriston at CBS Sports, who picked up on a story that had Carlos Correa saying, quote, Derek Jeter. How many gold gloves did he win? Five, I think he won. Derek Jeter didn't deserve any, unquote. Jeter awarded the American League gold glove in 04, 05, 06, and then again in 2009 and 2010. But interesting coming from Correa, who is a free agent right now and is being courted by the New York Yankees. Correa is now 27, coming off that World Series loss to the Atlanta Braves, but you got to wonder if the Yankees fan base, who reveres Derek Jeter, if all of a sudden they see Carlos Correa in the same position as Derek Jeter, will forgive him for taking a shot at the former captain. All right, let's shift coasts. Let's go over to California, where the Los Angeles Angels making their moves. The Angels wanted pitching, and they've already got one of their guys. They have signed Noah Syndergaard to a one-year, $21 million deal. It is the biggest move of the offseason so far. And it's reported they are still in the market for either Robbie Ray, Max Serger, Justin Verlander, or even Marcus Stroman. But one of the other questions right now in California is, will they extend Shohei Otani? Shohei, who should probably be the American League MVP, did it all for $3 bucks this year, set to make $5.5 million this coming season, and then has one final year of arbitration in 2023. Obviously, he's worth more than that. I mean, you think of the star power that he's got. Fangraphs estimated his 2021 performance at $41 million. And now the question is, will the Angels let Otani get that close to free agency that they want to roll the dice with their multi-talented player? To the gridiron we go. Le'Veon Bell's time with the Ravens is done. The All-Pro running back released by the team a little bit earlier today signed with the Ravens back in September because Baltimore's backfield was absolutely decimated because of injuries to Jakey Dobbins and Gus Edwards. He signed to the practice squad, did Bell, but eventually made his way onto the active roster, appearing in five games over the first 10 weeks of the regular season. Subject to waivers, i got to wonder if there's a couple of teams that wouldn't like an additional running back for their final couple of weeks as they make their way towards the postseason. But the numbers are suspect in those five games, totaled 83 yards rushing and just two touchdowns. NFL power rankings are out for week 11, and the Packers are back up one spot to their top spot in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers back in the lineup, obviously huge. The defense is awesome right now, and they're getting ready for a interdivisional battle with Minnesota this week. And Tennessee, by the way, for the record at 8-2, and two, just keep on winning games even without Derrick Henry. And their schedule looks pretty easy the rest of the way. They should finish as the top seed in the AFC. They are currently number two in the power rankings. Bills at number three and the Cardinals down three to number four without Kyler Murray. This team is completely different and rounding out the top five, the Cowboys up three spots with their decisive victory over Atlanta. Seattle Seahawks in the power rankings currently number 22 down four spots and hey at three and six not going to make the playoffs this season even with Russell Wilson back the offense just looked dreadful against the Packers and unfortunately this is going to be a missed season for the Seahawks in the playoffs. All right short and sweet let's wrap up Sports Bar Radio for today my thanks to everybody over at Equity Guru to Chris Perry, Galen Hassan and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. I look forward to doing this with you again tomorrow. Hope you're having a great day, and more than anything, stay dry, stay safe, and make sure before you do those travels, you check the roads to make sure that your highway or road is open as the province of British Columbia is still ringing out from a monumental rainstorm that lasted nearly three days. Until you and I do this again tomorrow, I'm Rob Fay. Have yourself a great afternoon, and thank you for listening to Sports Bar Radio. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen.